0: Welcome back to another episode of the Strongman Winter Circle podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Canby. This is episode 43. And today's guest, all the way from Scotland, we have Dean McVee. And for you guys that don't know Mr. Dean McVie, um, some accolades include four-time Scotland's strongest man winning 80-kilo and 90-kilo titles, two-time Euro-strong- Europe's strongest man runner-up in the 80-kilo class, and this past year's World strongest man, he was a bronze medalist, when um, of course was first ever podium at Worlds, and he's also a Scottish record holder in the log and dumbbell, another overhead king. So Dean, welcome to the show.
1: How you doing, mate? Cheers for that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, of course, it's a pleasure to have you on. Of course, I really appreciate coming on. Of course, telling, talking to us about all things strongman. Um, but how are we feeling about three or four weeks after OSG? I'm
1: um, I'm I'm happy, man. I'm grateful. Um, a lot. Of- a lot of time and effort was put into it. Um, and as obviously it was evident that the outcome was good. Um, we're, each year we're improving and that that's that's the goal. Um, I think it was like 19th, the first time I'd done it in 2019. And then 2021 it was 8th. Um, I had a bit of a busted foot, which affected my performance. And then obviously this year we got third. So hopefully it's pretty linear, we'll see. Um, next
0: year. <laughs> next year will be the year. Um, but it looks like you, you took no time off and went right back into kind of competing. Um, so you decided to break your own dumbbell record a week after, is that right? After OSG?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was pretty much, um, had the under 80 record, uh, which was, uh, shit, I've actually lost, I think it was like 90 or something. But then the under 90 and the 105 was quite similar and obviously I was a bit heavier. And I just spoke to Stuart Murray, who's like the godfather of Scottish strongman, get it sanctioned off him and make it um, official. And I just went, you know what, why not? Um, I'm, I'm still, I was, I was, believe it or not, I was still jet-lagged. <laughs> but as then, um, someone else will break that soon enough anyway. But I just took the opportunity while it was there. And it was just, I wanted to go down and visit the lads anyway. Some people down at Burns Gym in Dumfries, which is where
0: a lot of the competitions were like um, strongman happen. I think it's always important to at least to try to compete in your local crowd, right? Because as you get to a certain level, especially even the world's strongest man-athletes, they're always traveling around the world, especially like some, some large competitions in America, but they don't really get a chance to compete in front of the local crowd. So whenever there's a chance to kind of, I think, kind of show ta- your talent, show your strength in front of the local crowd and inspire, inspire that next bunch of athletes, I think that's always uh, pretty wonderful, pretty important. Mate, 100%, man. It's,
1: um, it, it's, it's gratifying as well. And obviously, it's growing the sport. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty biased. Like I'm really trying to grow the sport in Scotland. Um, We're a small country, but I'm just trying to grow it and grow it as much as we can, and just put us pretty much on the map. But um, it's gone, it's gone to plan. Cause obviously, you got the Stockmans. We everyone know? But like, I'm like, right, I'm the lightweight guy. I want to grow it this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, the stopmans are cool. Like big dudes, like. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, but they got to know about all the all the weight classes, not just the not just the opens. Um exactly. on, on your uh, dumbbell record, so um, now, for instance, are you going to think about kind of chasing um, either John Lack John Le- Lancaster's record or maybe Ben Dunan after he kind he's going after it in a couple of weeks? So maybe if he pushes it up a little bit, is that something on your mind?
1: Um, to be honest, mate, I'm gonna I'm not gonna step back, but I just want to have a really really good offseason and just focus on some little things. Um, I'm more bothered about um, titles rather than records, if I'm being honest, because records can be broken at any time. Titles, you can't take that away from someone. It's there. It's done. Um, Ben Donnan will 110% break that record. I reckon he'll get, in my opinion, I reckon he'll get 105 Mm. um, if he's on point. Um, And the guy is phenomenal. Um, Doesn't speak a word of English, but, well, massive massive respect for each other when we're OSG and stuff. Um, I even said to him, I was like, look, you're going to fucking win this if you're on point. Um, and rightly so, I was. But his dad, um, and he's like, he's interpreter. He's, his English is all right. So he sort of stands there half the time when you're trying to communicate and all that kind of stuff. But it's, um, it's quite cool to see. He's got that really good chain of support there through his father and all that. But yeah, he'll get 105. I'm not interested in it anymore, mate. If... Yeah, it is cool. Josh Josh Lancaster, brilliant at the time as well. well done, but it's going
0: to get broken. Get broken. All right. So maybe we'll see one ten, probably in the next maybe the next couple of years. But it's cool seeing, um Of course, Ben come along in terms of his career, um, especially when most of the top eighty kilos have come either out of the UK or out of um, or out of America. To see other countries getting involved in the eighty kilo scene is always kind of, is always kind of great. Um, but I see that you just mentioned, of course, kind of. Taking a taking an off season, but you're also competing in ten days. Um, are you? How, how's the body feeling for that contest? I'm
1: feeling alright, man. It's pretty much because um, obviously it's clash in the UK, and obviously that's a UK qualifier to get clash clash on the course. Um, it's pretty much just like a a decelerated version of the comp um, compared to OSG because oh, I think like four out of five of the events have just been what OSG were in as well. Mm-hmm. There's so many events, and I'm like, right, cool. I'm pretty much I'm pretty much trained for this. I know the patterns. I'm strong enough, um, and I just had to focus on a bit of recovery. But I mean, I'm ready to go, man. Um, I just actually tried to lose a little bit more weight because there's a little bit more gassy, a bit more conditioned. Um, this um, this condition. I think Luke Davies done it as well, and that guy's sick. He just does really horrible events like sandbag to shoulder, um, hundred kilo um, for seventy five seconds. Um, that's yeah, it's going to be pretty pretty minging. Yeah,
0: now, now how, how far how far away drive are you? You, you get a
1: drive over to Luke Davies? Um, no, because he I, I can't mind where he stays at the moment. Um, but I'm going from Edinburgh to Dorset, which is like about an eight and a half hour drive. Okay. Which in, in American terms, that's just probably just like one state to another. But that's like <laughs> Scotland to the bottom of England. <laughs> and um okay. but I'm going to get a, I'm going to drive to Edinburgh Airport, then go to London, then drive down to Dorset, and then go back and. The logistics of thought is, but it's, it's a fucking trip, mate. <laughs> all
0: right. God. Yeah, I was, of course, just curious uh, in, ter- in terms of, because, I, of course, at one point, of course, I would like to do like a tour of England, check out all the gems, but I'm curious on how far away everybody is from each other's gym.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scotland's quite up. Like, you're more than welcome to call with this neck of the woods, mate. Mm-hmm. Scotland's obviously we've got a big heritage in stone, stone lifting,
0: um get your hands on the Denny Stones and stuff, which is pretty cool. Well, not only do I want to um, get to Scotland, but I think my fiancée wants to get to Scotland more. Of course, Outlander has really pushed, the, of course, the Scottish kind of heritage and all, so she wants to check that mm. out, check all the old castles, so I'll definitely be hitting you up at some point. In the future, cool, man. Next- you need
1: to get to, like, Edinburgh Castle, man, because obviously that's the capital, that I'm, that's where I'm from, and that's that's a nice place. But you've got, like, so many little rural places that you wouldn't even know of, and that's where usually where the stones are mm. as well because edinburgh is just a tourist trap but it's it brings people
0: in on it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. But, yeah but of course i imagine probably seeing of course seeing you at some point in that sense um but i do want to talk a little bit about kind of osg um and of course this past because your training leading up to it. so it was your third trip to osg so 2019 20, 2021 and of course now 2022 um but yeah. how was your training leading up to osg so was your was your training in line with your performance
1: yeah, mate. Honestly, it was it was a perfect peak. Um, I do my own training. I've had the pleasure of being trained by Delroy McQueen, uh, Shane Germain, um a flash obviously, the MST systems as name was a form. And um, learned so much from them. And I was just happy and content how to do my own training now. Um, I know what works for me. I knew how much time I had, and I had enough time. Um, but I done the I done the Arnold UK um, amateur log and deadlift champs as well. We sort of got in the way a little bit, but like we made it work. I had to take the opportunity, man. It was like about 800 people in the audience, it was crazy. Um very disorientating with the lights, that's what I noticed because <laughs> hey, that's why I put my pit vipers on when I was doing the log. But um, going back to that, yeah, the the, the prep was really good. Um, I've got a great facility in Edinburgh, a place called Gym Based Athlete. And I, in my opinion, being biased, but it's probably like the best SNC gym you can get um, in Edinburgh and the capital. And it, it was just, yeah i've I done the deep i probably on that last week i probably peaked a little bit too soon but then i just di- dialed it back a little bit and i done my hot and cold i my physio i mean, flotation therapy if you've ever heard of that that's something mm. that's quite funky like it's sort of like deprivation and all that so, so, we're ready to
0: go. so for instance that's when you go into uh you go to a, uh, of course a dark tank and then they'll have a lot of like, they'll have a lot of salts and you just float on top yeah. of it now i've done it i've done it a couple times but really quickly What do you see the benefits of the flotation tanks
1: it's the only time, right, this is what they say, it's the only time your body is, like, like physically afloat, like there's no compression. You know, like when you're lying on your bed, you're relaxed, but still compression on your spine, still compression on your muscles. When you do that, you're, you're, you're like, you're footless. You have zero compression on your body. And I think, in my opinion, maybe it's a placebo effect, but it gives me just a little, I don't know, just another form of recovery. It's another tool getting done. And it properly, like, resets your mind as well, if you can switch off anyway, because it's, his first time was a bit weird, man. I was fucking lying in for an hour, I was just like, what am I doing? And I got salt in my eyes as well. And I was like, I couldn't even touch myself or anything. I was just like, just a mess. Because <laughs> it's so salty, isn't
0: it? <laughs> I, did it I did it actually uh, probably like three or four weeks ago um, for the second time to kind of recover my back. There's no really convenient places to do it around here in the Boston area. But I was trying, there was one spot um and I, I did the same thing I got the salt in my eyes but I did seem like a, also kind of like a mental kind of relaxation just because you're away from any light you're away from any devices so I did see those benefits but I'm always kind of in kind of hearing mm-hmm. more of that mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something more of implement maybe one day I have my own salt tank who, who, who knows right um but, <laughs> but let's get but let's get a little back so you were mentioning your performance so leading up to it so your your training was great so did you do like a 12-week prep leading into OSG or was it shorter?
1: It was about a bit of ten one, and I just done like a linear periodization block where, I like, give or take, it, it was more or less a linear block. But um, I just started to introduce um, the implements, and then just doing straight sets, quite light. You just get the patterns, and then we just build it up and build it up. And by the end of like the last three weeks, maybe the last two weeks, I was doing comp weight. Um, but obviously, it's just I'm so fatigued, so tired. And then I was like, right, I need my down regulation now. Obviously the physio, hot and cold, etc. Um And then it just, everything just fell into alignment. Uh, yeah, it, it was a tough prep, but it's obviously, it's evident
0: that it worked. All right, all right excellent. Um, and then, of course, kind of follow-up question. So taking third, so it was a great prep leading into a great competition. Um, of course, your best uh, performance at Worlds to date. Um, but what did it mean to you to podium at, at that show?
1: Mate, it's, I, I'll be honest, I'm very open about mental health and that. And I, I've had a bit of a, a tough year. And um, I was, you know, I hit rock bottom at one point in March. Um, a, lot, a lot of bad things were happening, a lot of adversities. And it was just a bit overwhelming. But just just to get from where I was in March this year to the podium at world's Strongest Man, I was on cloud nine, man, because I, I, I knew what amount of stones I had to do, because I'm quite methodical that way. Um, and you can even see in the footage, the live footage that, that OSG done, you can see me going like that. And I already knew I was part of the place and that's where I was just like, you know what, this is this is really happening, like holy shit. I started crying. I really, really cried like backstage. Because um, it was just a sense of relief. Um and I'm just I'm just grateful for everything I get, man. Um, especially like now, like yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm quite an emotional person as well, mate, but, it's, you know, there's no, Scot- obviously Stockman's one world strongest man Europe's Europe and that kind of stuff, but no Scot has ever been on the podium at OSG, ever. Mm. And i just done it there. So it's just all about history. You know what I mean? Just done. And, it, and I'm just, I'm proud that I've done that. I was the first person to do it. It's just going to grow the sport even more and in Scotland. That's
0: it. <laughs> yeah, but of course, a, a, a trailblazer for, of course, the people of Scotland. Um yeah. Now, does that did it make? I'm, you- the, light,
1: I'm the lightweight division as well, man, because I'm again that starting of grow as well, We're smaller guys not it.
0: Now, did it make you hungry for the for the title? Maybe something something to shoot for next year.
1: It may. It's uh, and again, I'm quite narcissistic, but it is inevitable. I think it's going to happen, mate. If it doesn't happen next year, send... It doesn't happen the year after. I'm not going to fucking stop, mate. Like, I genuinely will not stop until it happens. Um, But I do fear it when inevitably it does happen, that there's that fulfillment that it's been done. And it's like, what do I do now? You know what I mean? Like, you've completed it. (laughs) You completed the sport, haven't you? You know, no one can take that away from you,
0: i.e., like yourself Mm -hmm. in 2021
1: yeah, well, yeah for,
0: for last for yeah for last year and of course yeah, i want to yeah c- come back yeah. but um but i think it it made my decision not to push through the injury just because i did win it the year before but from there i think you, you get to a point where there's a there's a couple different roads you can you can if you keep trying to try to beat your personal best or if you beat your best performances do you go for having a great year do you go for having a, the, a great career going for the best ever at the 80 kilo there's there's so many mm-hmm. different options or greener pastures go to moving up maybe moving up a class right there's always yeah. there's a lot of options but i think it's yeah. important for a lot of individuals to win that either that big national title for the europeans that big european title or win that world title a lot of them you yeah. know I, I think if i wasn't um if i didn't win any of those titles um that i have i probably would still be a 105 chasing those at this point i probably wouldn't have made the puff up, even though I'm getting a little too large for the class, I would have made the sacrifices because yeah, yeah. I want one of those titles. But less about mm-hmm. me, Mr. Dean, more about you. No, um, it's
1: interesting, mate.
0: <laughs> but, um, so I was kind of taking a look look back, so um, it looks like you started um, around Strongman in 2016, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so what what got you in the sport originally?
1: Um, I used to compete in competitive bodybuilding, so yeah, fake tan, put, put the pants on, you know, all that shit. Um, it was good to I'd done five shows, got to British level, but I just got to a point I was like, you know what, I'm going off someone's opinion. Um, my entry fee costs less than the fucking trophy that I may get. Um, and I've got a couple which is cool. Like I've been on the podium about like three times at of five comps. Um, but I ticked that box, man. I loved bodybuilding like when I was a teenager. That's where I like like I've got like I'm not I put a lot of tissue on to doing obviously hyper, like full blown hypertrophy training as a bodybuilder. Um, and it's obviously passed on Really nicely, um, into strongman. But I just I remember doing my last comp in strongman and um, bodybuilding. and I was just like, you know what, fuck this. It was like, I'm doing strongman. It was like, I already knew a dude who was doing it as I was prepping in the same gym. He was like doing strongman, but I was prepping for a bodybuilding show. A guy called Ryan Reed, who was a, a a big contender to win Scotland's Strongest Man um, finals um, back in like 2016, 2017. And I was just like, yeah, I'm doing this. I was like, that's it. And then it just started to grow arms and legs. Done a novice comp done all right, and then it's just started doing like um the BNSF, like sort of UK, UK comps. And then next thing I knew, I was doing Europe's and then I went to OSG. Then I competed in Finland twice, I won the, the World Natural Championships or what the hell they call it, and that was cool. We went to Helsinki and stuff, and then Amsterdam, but we won't talk about that. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> so, uh, so of course, when you started that your career, um. And again, you started doing like the bigger shows, but when at what point did you kind of realize your potential that you could be one of the best in the world? Uh, was it a certain was it a certain contest that you won, or a certain placing that you got, or people that you met, or a certain event? But I I always yeah. um, it was a good question I asked a lot of different competitors. But when was that switch? When did I switch flip in terms of I can be a real contender in the sport?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question, man. I I remember the point it was uh, my first Europe Strongest Man under eighties I done. I think it was in 2019, and I came second. And I was actually first place going into the final event, but I made a boo boo. I made a mistake. But again, mistakes are your biggest teacher in it. So I took it with a pinch of salt. But that's when I knew I was like, "Fucking hell, I really can do this. Like, this is this is actually happening." And it just gave me a moment of clarity. I was like, "Right, I'm I'm really all in now." It's like, "Let's do this." And then
0: obviously. So so, so you, so you're leading uh, Dan Ashcroft, right? You, is that who you were? Is that who beat
1: you? That was shit. Uh, Have I got the right year? That I done it. I done it against Dan Ashcroft the year after, I think okay. it was. But it was against Mark Buck, who's mm-hmm. also a really, really good underrated competitor. Um, and he just got me um, on some event, and I was like, I was the first guy to shake his hand. Who wins it? Uh, I was the first guy to shake Dan's hand. Like a mega supporter in that way. And the strong man won on the day. Um, but. You know, it makes you really fucking hungry, man, when you get second, and that's what's done. And now I'm nothing against them, but I'm surpassing them at the moment. And um, but that's over consistency, consistency, and over time as well. And um, I still have that much respect for them. And they're the same for me as well. So that was the moment, mate. I hate you know, second places.
0: You, you know, <laughs> I think I think I think most of us do. But I always kind of look back, even when I got took second at worlds. Even back in mm-hmm. twenty sixteen. so that was like my first big significant podium. But then I realized how many second places Big Z has. Z- big Z has six has six uh, yeah. runner up titles at World's Strongest Man compared to his four wins. So, so usually the that's, best that's will have more seconds sometimes than their first. So I think that's just yeah. something to kind of always kind of think about having the back in your mind that you got. to has got a few as well, isn't
1: Yeah, Halford's got quite a few
0: podiums. Yeah, so you gotta just, earn those thirds and seconds before you can be on top. I think <laughs> it's very r- rare, rare. Um let's see. I think I think Martin maybe Martins would have been the exception. He took fourth twice uh at World's Strongest Man and then took first. But again, there's always yeah all different examples.
1: martinez was at um, OSG just there, and he is one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He is honestly such a ca- charismatic person, very open about the stuff. And Jenny, like you can tell he's he is talking to you. Like, he's, he's not just like, oh, yeah, yeah, then moving on. He's genuinely having a full-blown conversation with you. Um, but, I just it was just nice to meet him for the first time. And he's definitely what he's like. And he's, like, his YouTube videos and that. He's a nice guy.
0: He, and so he's uh, a great role model for the sport. And I think he brings in a lot of eyes from outside the sport into the into the sport. So again, he brings a lot of attention of to um, those guys that haven't been seen just like, like us. Um, Evan
1: Singleton was there. He was a, he, he just fucking ripped the piss out of us. He just kept grilling me. And I was like, I was like, mate, you're absolutely holy. This I was like, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's very <pretty> cool. Like, <laughs> but yeah,
0: he's, he's making quite, he's making quite the comeback right now. So I'll be interested in see how he, how he does. Maybe he can, of course, stay, stay pretty healthy leading up to worlds. And if he does that, yeah. I think he's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Unless, 100%. unless there's no giant meteors to kind of wipe out the dinosaurs. I think besides that, I think he's going to be, <laughs> he'll, he'll be good to go. Um, so of course, one thing I wanted to kind of, kind of chat about. So, um, I think for anybody who's watched you compete, you usually wear your Royal Marine cap in most of your events. But how has like serving in the military kind of shaped your, uh, strongman, but also kind of your personal life?
1: It's It's just discipline. That's that. I think that's in like a nutshell. It's just the discipline that it's gave me. Um, if I want to get something done, I fucking do it. Um, but I know there's work behind it. Um, and that's just like with being in the core. Um, it's definitely gave me that. I don't know. It definitely like lit me up. If you know what I mean in my life, and it made me a responsible adult. <laughs> I think. Um, and then I left and started becoming a personal trainer and all this kind of stuff. And it just it just grew arms and legs. Um, because I joined when I was twenty and I left when I was about twenty four, um, and that was still just enough time to just like develop me who I was, and I was I was pretty much an elite soldier. Um, the the training's grueling; it's thirty two weeks, um, really, really, really harsh training. It's like the longest military training in uh, the UK, I think it's actually in the world. But yeah, uh, but you do you like your four commando tests at the end, and like your final test is like you run thirty miles boots over like a place called Dartmoor down south in England and it's treacherous and um, I you have about £30 a kit as well and your weapon and it's not nice man but then you pass that and you get your green beret and you're like holy shit like this is, this is happening but if I never joined the Royal Marines I wouldn't be doing bodybuilding, I wouldn't be doing strongman etc etc, God knows what would have happened but it's definitely like what started everything for like the foundation would we'll
0: say In an alternate universe what do you think would happen if you didn't join the Marines? <sighs> Shit.
1: Um, I reckon I probably would have joined the fire brigade. I've always had a, an interest in that because that that was the plan anyway when I left the Marines. It's like a year be a personal trainer, sort of strength coach, go down that route. Um, and I don't regret it. But or do fire brigade and well, here we are.
0: <laughs> but either way, you'd be kind of you'd be serving your community, serving your country. So again,
1: totally, totally, man.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> now, um, also other people that have i've watched you compete of course i've seen your great overhead um so when it comes to like overhead pressing what do you kind of attribute your overhead strength to is it do you put like rigorous amount of time and technique work and drilling what so of course i'm 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 an overhead specialist as well so i'm always interested in yeah, yeah, totally. what were your thoughts about the overhead and, and how you approach it
1: yeah mate i watch a lot of your stuff as well man it's um i press twice a week i always do um obviously I always do a, my, my my training split is just a pull push war events. Um and I'll obviously do obviously overhead first and then I'll do two overhead events for the push and then I'll probably do like an upper chest movement and then the rest is just shoulder health. Um I'm not burning myself out too much, but then I'll always do maybe like one more overhead movement in the events. But I'd usually do strict work on the push day, on the Tuesday, and then on the Saturday I'd usually do either sort of float the overhead or It'll be a push press some form, so I do a strict down push, or I'll be doing comp simulation if, if there's a competition coming up on the Saturday, um, which I'm doing at the moment. But then when I get really close to a comp, I'm doing like comp simulation like twice a week, because I'm getting the patterns in. Um, but yeah, it's just usually it's pretty linear as well, uh, building into the comp. But because my overhead's pretty strong, it's it's pretty much just how many reps can I do, <laughs> like building into it, where like the deadlift and all that kind of stuff. It's a bit it can get a wee bit roughy.
0: Now, did you, did you watch, did you have certain influences when it came to the overhead? Did you watch certain guys in terms of um, emulating your overhead be- from them? Um, um, no
1: one, no, no one in particular, no. Like, obviously I watch your stuff, I think it's fucking cool. Hmm. Um, no one in particular I sort of just, mate. I honestly, I just stay in this little bubble, mate, when I'm prepping for comps, man. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I just pop it and I come out and just fucking try and compete. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I like doing strict and then doing push or some sort of simulation with with the actual event, uh, which I'll be doing this Saturday, because um, I've done log because uh, at, at the clash next week we've got um, log and actual back to back. But this time I, I, on the Tuesday just there, I just done um, log vipers because I'm going to be viper in every rep anyway, because I'm trying to shave the second off, trying to do it as fast as I can. And then I just done, after that, I just done four overhead axle. But then I'm doing the belt clean. I'm doing the continental clean. I'm catching it. I'm trying to press it. So it's like that down, bang, bang, press, three movements. But it's just speed. Like it's not, sending like a dick. Like it's not heavy for me. I'm just trying to do it as fast and as efficient as I physically can. And I can't see no one touching it. I'm looking at getting about eight reps in a minute. Mm. And it's 105 kilo and um, per implement as an I'm under eighty. So it's it is pretty heavy like to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's a lot of reps for yeah sixty seconds. Now do you have, say, now do you have a favorite uh overhead event is if you had to choose one?
2: If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG one. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics and more, it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop mixed in water once a day and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash grit. That's drinkag1.com slash grit. Check it out.
0: Hey, walk. I do walk. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah logs king. I, 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 would, no, it's, it's, I would say even more, I broke the axle record uh, back when, but I was more proud of my log record just because log is the, kind of like the staple of strongman. Even the circus dumbbells up boy. there too. But this, yeah, lo, lo, in the end of the day, log log is king. Um, yeah, I <laughs> So, uh, I was, of course, I uh, mentioned a little off air, but of course, a big fan of the documentary on Official Strongman, of course, the one that Joey made of you. So, you mm-hmm. talked a little bit about, of course, your upbringing, some unfortunate events in your childhood, leaning into your adolescent years. Um, yeah. But for some of those listeners going through a kind of a similar time, uh, what words of advice would you would you share um, for those who are experiencing dark times and how to persevere through, through them?
1: Uh, one thing I wouldn't let your past predict your future. Um, we're in control of. I'm trying I'm trying to think too deep of it, but like pretty much what happened to me, um, and again if anyone's never watched a documentary, like my my mother took her life when I was ten and I never had a father when I was brought up, and my brother passed away, and my grand my grand took her life. All these sort of adversities can kind of obviously had an effect on my mental health. But um I obviously started exercising when I was really young, I joined the Royal Marines, started projecting my energy. Even though it was a bit of negative energy, it was still getting projected and getting me through shit. Um, but I'm very conscious of that now. I meditating and all this kind of stuff. But um, going through adversities and stuff, it's like, I always keep this little quote in my mind. I don't know if you've ever seen the film Split, uh, James McAvoy, um, but he says it at the end, as one of his personalities, is like, the broken are more evolved. So people that have went through adversities and bad stuff, it will make them stronger. Where if, you're, if your life's nice and fuzzy and everything's great, then sound great, I'm happy for you. But I think people that go through a bit of shit in a life or more and come through the end, it, these people are unstoppable. And I'd like to consider myself one of them as well because I, I inevitably I will be well from man and that, that's all these adversities in my past, everything that's happened has dictated where I am right now, if you know what I mean. Mm. And that's a law of attraction as well, but that's, that's spiritual ch- chat.
0: <laughs> Excellent. But of course, I yeah, appreciate yeah. that answers because there's always... Yeah. Even, even the, of course, the the best of us. I even go kind of through t- tough times, and yeah, again, ha- working through yourself out, well and, and of course, always reach out to others because again, it doesn't. Totally, going through the same situation. Um, just people need to
1: talk man. Honestly, because I bottled that shit up for fucking years, man. Um, and it was the worst thing I could do. But like, exercise was a deterrent to keep me at bay. And even though like it was negative energy, that's why I competed. Because it was like distracting me, but I was like, I'm sort of just bullshitting myself as well at one point. And eventually I called myself out and started meditating. I actually started to speak to people about it. And that was the best thing I could ever have done, it's just
0: opening up a little bit more. And that's what I could say to people. It's just so, don't. So sorry, to interrupt, but you said uh, meditation?
1: Yeah. Yeah. How often you How often? Yeah. I, I used to do it every single day. And I'm slipping up a little bit, but I do it a couple of times a week.
0: And then would that be half an hour, hour sessions?
1: Like twenty minutes, just in the present, breathe it, chill out. Um, I usually listen to music as well, like like rainfall music. Believe it or not, mm. <laughs> it's a kind of insane, but it works for me. Everyone will find out what works for them. Some people like guided meditations. Some people like listen music. Some people like silence. I like some sort of background music, um, and then I just try and switch off as much as I can in the time I've got. But it's yeah, that's it's just another tool. So no, I think it's not for everyone. I get it, but it, it works for me anyway.
0: Now, was was that a coach recommendation or that something that you found on your own?
1: Um, I did, believe it or not, I did have a, a mindset coach at one point, but this was like back in like 2017, but 2017, yeah, and he recommended it.
0: Um, and I don't regret it, but I need to start doing it a little bit more and hold myself accountable, mate. Mm. I like it because, of course, we see a lot of sports psychologists these days, meditation is kind of on top of top of their kind mm-hmm. of the visualization, kind of are your goals. way you kind mm-hmm. of visualize is kind of what manifests in the real world. So, um, mm-hmm. of course, there's a big component when it comes to kind of meditation. Um, but, of course, moving on, um, when we look at um, the 80 kilos scene since you started, of course, it's grown a lot. Um, but like for instance what, what's the differences you've seen in the 80 kilo scene in the last six years and where do you see the sport going for this weight class
1: I think um, obviously, it, it is grown and growing and grown. I think uh, like what I want to see is just the weight classes in general getting grown and that's what's happening because I know like courtesy Joe um, she obviously does all the content for official strongman he's really really put, put the spotlight in under 80 lightweight mm-hmm. scene and, and I'm grateful for it because I was one of the say one of the personalities that was uh, brought up because like there wasn't any the Scottish guys and like the driven and all that kind of stuff in the competitions and that and he says look I'll come up um, and then obviously you've got like the, the twins, you know, Tommy Lavelle, uh, Richie Pangaman, hopefully I said his surname right there yeah. Um, you know like all this kind of stuff and it's you know it's definitely grown in the sport in the right way the way it's going to now uh, another thing I'm fucking totally for the, like the quality in the sport like strong women is really coming through now, courtesy uh, official strongman equal pay as well. Everyone got the same bounty. Like everyone got the same, um, what's the word? Um, like the bounty who got first, second, and third. Everyone got the same pay, which is brilliant. Um, and also um, Giants Live doing the US USVs, uh, the UK. You know, uh, Donna Moore was in there. There uh, it was a couple of other uh, American girls. Um, it's just brilliant to see. Um, and I think it's going the right direction. It's not just and I, I'm not being biased because I'm a lightweight and all that kind of mm. stuff, but it's always been... The main course is always Giants Live, is it? It's always been the form of entertainment, the open class, but the way it's going in the weight classes, it's just going to grow arms and legs at the moment. Like, what we're doing right now, this is exposure for, like, the weight classes and growing the sport, which is fucking, that's a goal, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome, and there's more opportunity for weight class athletes than it's ever been. So, I started in 20, 2012, and at the mm-hmm. time there was only one federation in the u.s and now there's four so again this is just how, much <laughs> yeah. the, how much the sport has kind of grown um and it'll be interesting kind of going forward how things place i think it would be kind of cool to see let's just say like an osg just because they're hosting world's strongest man for the weight classes to see it in a different location i would like to see it in um england at some point more just so that it will bring mm-hmm. some of the um just the more audience, more uh, people in the stands. I think, I think there would be a more of a, um, again, more of a crowd, more um, interest overseas. Watch yeah. the strongman shows. And then also even in to build off that, of course I would like to see every class have its own, um, have its own uh, show. So for instance, even having like quali- qualifiers, very similar to kind of the big show. I think, again, that would probably be the ultimate evolution, but I think we're on our way there.
1: Yeah, I think it's me. It's definitely going in the right direction. It's only going to get bigger. I think the amount of um, applicants for OSG is huge now. Like I don't know the numbers, but Joel mentioned it to me. It's
0: ridiculous. But it'd be. Um, I just hope it's not on Daytona Beach again, man. <laughs> well, you know, th- th- after after three 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 years straight, I think it's it's time for a, a change. People like to kind of oh, switch it's things somewhere, up. Somewhere,
1: man. We've fucking got hit with a hurricane, man. <laughs> that <laughs> that really that really put a span in the works and completely lynn. Um, adapting to the like the the, the circumstance um, that was going on, and you just pulled it off. Like everyone was stressed, man, when they got there, and you could feel the tension when everyone's like warming up and everything, because everyone was squeezed for three days into two days. But it still made it work. And I was like, holy fuck! Like you've almost pulled off the impossible. Because I thought, I don't think they were going to pull the plug on it, but I was just thinking, I didn't think they were going to pull it off that well. Um, very a lot of adversities, and they just it made it happen in it.
0: But yeah, I, no more <laughs> well, with the hurricane, what I thought was it was interesting that it's probably going to bring out either who's ever the the toughest competitor, whoever can be the most adaptable, is going to win. Uh, if they're if someone's easily kind of thrown off by um little changes there, they that might be a big um, hurdle for them to kind of cross. So it was interesting with the hurricane being a factor, how that was going to change the different performances. But usually, um. So for instance, um, even like Dan Hughes, I was talking to, he's been, he's in the American army as a, as a ranger, still um, active member being on the fitness team. He said that he's used to things changing and thrown around being in the army. So this is no different than anything that he's been trained in the past.
1: Yeah, to me, I totally agree. That it's the exact same thing. Like I know Dan as well. And it was just like, he just, you sort of just adapt the environment and like, uh, ideally I wouldn't have, prepared it wasn't there but i was just like yeah so just need to get on with it and they're like it, it was quite treacherous like like some of the car parking that was like ripped up and i was like yeah that's pretty sketchy like um but you know we were trying to get over get out of daytona to try to go into orlando and get some good food and shit and it was like just like flooded money eh? proper flooded and i was like shit we need to turn back because we get over like one of the bridges and we'd be like fucking hell we're out yeah we're gonna go to orlando we're gonna go out back steakhouse or something nah, not happening massive fucking flood on another side <laughs> and I had a we, we always, we're so fucking flashy me and my mate, but we we booked a, a Ford Mustang as well and I was like, my mate was like yeah, you could get through that water, I'm like mate this is a fucking hired Ford Mustang this gets fucking like stuck in the water, we're fucked it's like, I'm not doing it, but I wanted to <laughs> but yeah, that was it man
0: well, well. Hopefully, if uh, hopefully, you guys got the insurance in case you guys did flood the, the
1: Mustang. Mate, I, 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 I every time I go, at the fucking premium shit. Just, just in case, because driving on our side of the the road as well is a bit a bit weird for me as well, because obviously oh. we're on the other side.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Kudos, <laughs> kudos to you because I don't think I could do that, or I haven't been put in the position yet, so I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I think it would take some. You I'd
1: won't, take- you won't like it, man. You won't like <laughs> it because the roads in the UK are quite thin as well.
0: Yeah, like, fucking <laughs> America, fucking huge, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but again, um when it comes to the hurricanes comes to those kind of last minute changes, of course, the, the, usually the strongest kind of survive. And of course, usually the people who are most adaptive will, of course, progress forward. Um, But let's, uh, of course, kind of switch gears. Um, Of course, being given out a lot of good advice, but let's get into things that grind your gears. Um, So I'll give you, I'll give you an example (laughs) Um, I've seen probably in the last month or so when they talked about like, Individuals like looking at social media prior to a competition. Some people like to really like to be kind of pigeonholed and not look at their comp their competitions Instagrams or look at like what everybody else is doing and just focus on their work. Where I feel that um, if you're able to have the time to check out other people's compet like competition training and then see how they do in competition, it gives you an additional an additional uh, data points when it comes to. Uh, even for yourself, how that certain amount of training will lead to coming forward. So if they did, if they under, if they over peaked, if they under peaked, you can get a good sense in terms of if they did a good job, and you can use those data points for yourself in a competition. Yeah. But in the world of in the world of strongman, so that's what grinds my gears. Is that I say you should watch other people's stuff because you should learn from everybody. But in the world of strongman, what grinds your gears, Dean? I didn't know you were going to ask me that question.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... What grinds my gears?
1: Um, loudness, people saying, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this, I'm going to do that, blah, blah, blah. And they don't do it. They don't back up. That's fucking shit. Because um, I'm relatively quiet, majority of the time. And um, Joe does like one to one chats with me, like, for like, I was seeing that. And I'm like, he really is like <laughs> trying to get fucking blood out of stone from me, man, and try and get me all hyped up and shit. Because there's a bit where like, I think it's a, the lightweight OSG document. And I go, Oh, hope you boys are fucking ready because I'm bringing it. He had to try so fucking hard <laughs> to get that out of me, by the way. And I'm like, fuck, he got me. But it worked. It was all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I backed it up enough because I don't want to sound like a dick as well. And it's like, usually the loudest ones in the room are the fucking shittest ones in the room. Or I've done fuck all. You know, Ben Donnans, fucking so quiet, wins it. Rich Panaman, so mm-hmm. quiet, smashes it. Tommy, Tommy's Tommy, but he's one of the biggest characters in the fucking sport, but he backs it up as well. Um I, I think loudness when you didn't have your you didn't back it up. Um but his characters in it, his personality and it's confidence and stuff, but there's nothing really that grinds my gears, but that is probably that. Just being a bit too fucking loud and no
0: backing it up. All right. So, yeah, yeah that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I always say that, yeah, your a- actions kind of speak louder. Just let your actions kind of speak for yourself in the end of the day. And then if your actions can speak for you leading up to the competition, you, you could, I think that's kind of a good way. But again, just for the sake of saying you're going to win or the sake of being loud to be loud is can be, mm-hmm. um, can be a little annoying and grind your gears at times. Um, yeah. so, so, um, of course, kind of moving on, um, so, like in the in strongman in general,ly we we we've seen like different events coming coming through. We're seeing a lot of, like sandbag to shoulder this year. Last mm-hmm. year was like sandbag throws, uh, but you're seeing like the car car walk come back. But um, in general, in terms of the kind of like strongman competitions, that you've done? Uh, what event would you like to see in more future competitions?
1: A uh, good question. I think the sandbag to shoulder is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's I don't know. I, I just quite like it. I think, well, it's obviously it was at OSG. It's going to be a Clash. I'm going to presume it may be a Clash on the coast. Um, I like that that event at the most. Because when I started it, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm, like, I'm really not enjoying this Because I've never done it. I was mm-hmm. on stunt to shoulder and stuff. But sandbag to shoulder wasn't as common. And I think if that keeps coming through. Um, obviously, car walk's cool. But the logistics of it is, well, it's a fucking Beatles car, in it? It's like trying to accommodate that. You know the funding and all that kind of stuff for that, but. Any,
0: any old time events that you want to see come back. Um. Oh God, um. I don't.
1: I'm trying to think like what what would actually be quite quite cool to do, like an old school thing, um. Squats, squatting has to come back. It's not as common. I think like a Poland's actual squat. You know, hit that, hmm. uh, clashed on it. It was fucking brilliant. I think it like last year, and -hmm. that was really good. I thought I don't think people get to see people's leg strength enough. Um, I would really like it because I'm biased, but I used to compete in parallel often as
0: well, and so I wouldn't mind getting sleeves back on and doing that. (laughs) You know, lately now I would say probably lately I had more probably starting out probably the first four or five years of my career, but. I think I feel like uh, truck pulls have kind of gone away. I know it's the big logistics, um, but we had a truck Mm -hmm. pull back in 2017 OSG, and that was that was pretty neat. But again, I'm I'm very quad dominant, so I do like some of the truck pulls. Um, But I I was always a huge component, and it never. Ever made a comeback and never really made any noise, and people shut it down with sumo wrestling. Um I thought, for instance, kind of the one-on-one yeah. physical battles. In some, in some sense, I don't think you could have it at a, like an OSG, but you could have it at a, a top-level kind of either weight class comp or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that would always be neat. I don't know what your thoughts. Was that when
1: uh, Kazmaier, uh, Bill mm-hmm. that 19, Yeah, 1980s? I kind
0: of mind. Yeah, well, he was fucking mad. He was. Off his taps, like he was crazy. 2004 is <laughs> the last, I think, the last time they had a world's strongest man. So, like, the the year, um, I think Vassil, I forget his last name, won, of course, Pujanowski podium mm-hmm. that year, um, out in the Bahamas. But they had a whole like tournament shape yeah. in terms of, like, I think, depending on where you were and your placing, that was your seed going into the, yeah, um, the sumo uh, i would say the sumo match but i think it, that could be a exciting one and especially with weight the one, class athletes yeah. it's, since the, everybody is the same weight or they weighed in it's, it would be pretty fair to a sense yeah
1: the one the one i think would be fucking, and i've only done it once and it was um back in 2017 and it was up in it was up in where was it it was up in huntley which is very north of scotland um near huntley castle and um, uh, the pole and it's like, it's very common in Highland games. So you just pretty much, you've got a log and you've got like a rope, like two, sort of two attachments of ropes on the end. And both of you just have to like push against each other and like you have to get the next guy at the ring. And um, that is one of the hardest, fucking most difficult, like one-to-one events I've ever done. Uh, they brought that and that really, really fun. But it's tactics as well involved with it. You can sort of pull a bluff that you're going to push and then you make them slip and stuff. But some people just go balls to the balls against it. <laughs> And it and it's 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 pretty cool. Like it's a Highland Games thing, commonly, but and and in Scotland, obviously, but a pole push That's that that's really really fucking hard, man. Like the guy who beat me, credit my mate Scott years ago. Um, He's he was sick. I pushed him that hard, like he fucking pretty much passed out. He went inside and he was just lying on the ground and he spewed. I'm like I was like I shook his hand, says well done, mate. It's like he fucking won it and he won the competition. I got second. Mm.
0: But the yeah, would. the, the pull push is pretty cool. I've seen um of course one of my buddies, Eric Dawson, did a two two versus two pull push. So they had two guys oh, each three. of the pull. Um and again I, I I can see how um that again it could be tough competitors, but I always think the one-on-one, I think the, the moss wrestling is I think is a a little tough, but I think some one versus one type of thing i really like the, the tug of war event at uh this yeah. past osg uh nation versus or us versus uh uk show that i thought that was a pretty good uh take on a yeah yeah that versus... was cool that it? Mm-hmm. so i think that
1: front hold man the front hold man I can, it, it looks cool but i'm just like you know, and uh nah. i think any like sort of grip stuff and front holds i'm just like you know we could we could make this a bit more difficult
0: if you ask me well, I think they, 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 you had the Hercules hold, and then also the front hold. I think you can only really yeah. have one hold in a yeah, in yeah. competition. Just,
1: obviously, Hercules holds just like fucking it's cool isn't it, mm-hmm. and and again it is because it's giant slide. They have, they have to have that sort of entertainment aspect as well. Hercules holds the fucking the penultimate, the fucking entertainment in it, especially when you got Mark Felix there as well, which is um, it's very cool to watch. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always he's always slated to win it. Um yeah. So so we so we went a little bit over it. Um. So you mentioned that, of course, when things are all said and done, you want to win World's Strongest Man. But what other things do you want to achieve? Um, in your strongman career and also in life when things are all said and done.
1: That's a very deep question again, mate. <laughs> <And> that's not a living in the moment. I'm moving to Canada in April as well. And oh I'm moving wow. To Vancouver. Um, yeah I'm moving to Vancouver I got offered a job and all that kind of stuff so I'm going to roll with that um, so that's obviously part of the future um, mate just sort of do my best to win World well, Strongest Man like I'm single and all this kind of stuff maybe meet someone over there who knows honestly man I'm just I sort of, i really I'm very impulsive mate I'm sort of just living the moment a little bit but get stronger keep competing keep growing the sport keep online coaching because that's what I mainly do um, and just do a bit of one to one PT and just just meet people over there and just keep doing what we're doing, man. Um just living the moment. I'm grateful for everything that I've got. Obviously talking about my upbringing and all that kind of stuff. I came from absolutely fucking nothing and and I've created everything for me in actions.
0: Um and that's it, mate, pretty much. All right, all right, excellent. But yeah, let's <laughs> you, you, you
1: talked
0: you, you talked a little bit about it, but yeah, let's plug your coaching a little bit. So um so you 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 take on online clients currently?
1: Yeah, yeah, I just do it. that's predominantly, because I used to do one-to-one PT and used to do the 30, 35 PT sessions a week and all that kind of stuff, it was great. But it was a prisoner in the gym. And I was just like, ah, right, I'm getting a bit burnt out here. Um, and it was good, though, because I was making good money and all that kind of stuff and helping a lot of people. But And then I just started transitioning to get my own online coaching for someone. And I was like, hey, you know what, I quite like this. And I started just, you know, sort of flirted with it a little bit and then I started doing it myself. And then it started that conversion of one-to-one online just sort of started to dwindle and I was doing less one-to-one and more online and then next thing I know like 95% of my work's online hence why I'm going to go over when I move to Vancouver because I've got my business by my laptop and I'm grateful for every one of my clients that are, um, that are there for me um I know that they're grateful for me <laughs> to put up with their shit as well but <laughs> but they're all good they're all good they're all doing really well a lot of, a lot of competitors as well
0: yeah, but of course yeah, Vancouver is a very very cool city so of course that's mm-hmm. that's very exciting now and that's what nah, where you're moving at 9 hours 9 hours away pretty much it's it's uh yeah about a 9 hour time difference between what no yeah. even even more than that if it's 5 hours here no no but yeah about eight yeah 8 9 hours but yes that's still quite the um course transition but um I've but, never
1: been by the way <laughs> I've never again? been to Canada I'm just never been to Canada oh, really? I'm just Fucking (laughs) going. This is what I mean—an impulsive match. It's dangerous. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Well, again, I think that's that's an adventure. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to the my Mitchell Hooper um, interview, but when I when I had him on, he pretty much forced himself to move to Australia where he didn't know anyone. So he would have to engage with people, would have to make big relationships so he could develop as a person. So he, yeah. he made that conscious effort to go out there. So again, you're going to put yourself in, I'll say different situations out of Vancouver, but again, in the end, I think it's going to make.
1: Totally again, he's an absolute prospect as well, by the way, because he, I remember I was doing the Arnold UK's and obviously the pro women, pro men were after us and they were warming up and hanging around while we were sort of finishing up. And he's, he's a cool guy as well. But he just, I just look at him. And I'm like, is he really that strong? And then he does it, and I'm like, holy
0: fuck, he really is. Yeah, it's weird, man. And so someone just, it's just strange how someone. He, he's he's achieved. More efficient. Yeah, he's achieved strength levels that people take de- decades to achieve, and he done it within a f- relative of a few years. He so came out uh, the fucking
1: nowhere, pretty much as well, and just
0: went, yeah, here I am, here we go, and he's just taken over slowly. <laughs> very like a uh, MVM or Magnus ver Magnuson when he was uh, a equipment tester and then he got into the big show and ended up winning. It was very, almost that big of a surprise in terms of how he's come onto the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, but I think overall, uh, Dean, I think that that's, of course, most of my credit questions for today. Uh, I want to, of course, kind of thank you for, of course, coming on and, of course, kind of sharing your story, kind of sharing your, your future plans. So, um, so besides, um, talk about future plans. Um, so besides moving to Canada, what else have you lined up? You could see you line up competitions within Canada too, or you could see you in the Canadian, maybe the American scene.
1: I'll just, mate, I'm just going to get there and just roll it, but, um, then I'll just start speaking to people and see what happens. Just get my. Just fucking get over there first and then I'll worry about the competitions. But th- I'll definitely compete over there. Um obviously because I'm technically an immigrant, I can't if I do Canada's strongest man, I'll be, be with a guest lifter. I'm not Canadian, so but yeah, I'll play the game that way. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I'm just really excited, mate. It's it's a just a different an chapter in life and it. And I'm I'm not scared to take risks. No risk, no story, mate. You have to take risks.
0: That is a great, that's a great quote. Maybe that to, maybe to lead the show. Um, Yeah. And then, so of course you're talking about your coaching, but if people are interested in kind of learning more about your coaching or learning more about you, where can they find you? Just on Instagram. That's That's on the
1: platform I use. Fucking hate Facebook. That's for family. All right. Yeah, it's just
0: Instagram. So I'll have your Instagram in the description below. Um, And then what I've been using, doing to, uh, to finish the show for kind of each um, person that comes on is of course, um, I know you, you've talked a lot about a lot of great um, items and a lot of great wisdom that you shared already, but is there one another piece of wisdom that you want to leave the listeners for today?
1: Just believe in yourself. Don't doubt yourself. It's fucking, like I say, take risks, no story. You've never done a competition before. Go fucking do one. And then it'll just grow arms and legs. Um I started this in 2016, novice comp in the middle of fucking nowhere in Scotland. 2022. and twenty two. I'm on the podium at
0: World's Strongest Man. Things are achievable. We'll keep it that. <laughs> That's awesome. But again, Dean, thank you for coming on. It was a great pleasure. Uh and thank you, mate. listeners, again, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Um, and of course, uh, tell all your friends about it. Tell your story. tell Dean's story. But until next time everybody, stay strong.